0: And now here's the latest team building
1: podcast.
0: Hey, what's up team building podcast listeners. Jeff Cohn here with an amazing guest bringing you some top level content that is applicable for any team leader or broker owner wanting to expand their footprint in their market or across the country. Today, we are bringing you Misty Soldwish out of Des Moines. Her team did over 400 sides last year, totaling almost $3 million in GCI. And I just had the chance to talk with her for a few minutes before jumping on. And we are gonna get into systems today. Of course, Elite Real Estate Systems loves to talk about systems. And Misty shared with me, she is a high DC. So Misty, welcome to the show. Hi there. Hello. So, looking forward to kind of getting into some of the specifics. But before we do that, why don't you share with our audience kind of where you came from, 60 seconds or less, where you came from and what led you to be to this point and how you got such an awesome last name?
1: <laughs> well, my awesome last name was thanks to my husband, Keith. We've been married for almost 25 years. I've been in the real estate business for about 20 years now, was a solo agent for seven years, uh, was a broker owner for several years, and then about seven years ago, started building the team.
0: Okay, awesome. And you're running a team and/or a brokerage? Both. Okay, so you are the broker, so, and
1: uh, yes, yep. and, and her we
0: flag have, is Better and Homes and Gardens, correct?
1: Yes, yeah, Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate Innovations is my brokerage.
0: Awesome. So what's really fascinating about Misty's business that I found is I asked her her agent count and I'm used to when people come on the show and have that many sales and that much GCI having, you know, into the double digits of agents. Um, but she runs a pretty lean team with tons of operations. And this is the direction I see the industry going. If you're, you know, with commissions continually coming down, I call them Navy SEAL teams because typical SEAL teams, based on the research I've done on the SEALs, it's groups of four that will go on, you know, some of the smaller covert missions. And so I think it's pretty cool when you think team, people think, oh, I have to be huge. Like, you know, Jeff or name a, a lot of the other people that have these big teams or brokerages and you don't necessarily have to be huge. So strategically, Share with the audience, like Des Moines is about the size of Omaha. Why have you kept the brokerage so lean?
1: Well, you know, it is about having the right people that have the same core values and the same vision of what they're looking for. And, you know, that's that's not everyone. And so we could use more people. Uh, We have more business coming in than (laughs) then <laughs> we know what to do with sometimes, you can serve but us, we're yeah. really, but we're so deliberate in how we bring people on. And, um, you know, the people that, like we talked about, I don't have a ton of outside salespeople. I've got eight. Um, I have, uh, three inside salespeople and, you know, it is, they do a lot of business. And not everyone is up for that challenge.
0: Yep. So you have eight people in the field working buyers and listings. You have three people internally. I'm assuming they're helping with lead conversion. They're like internal sales agents. setting appointments
1: for our agents. Yes.
0: Yep. And then talk to us about your admin support. Who else is there in your organization?
1: Yeah. So I've got two people in transactions, property settlement. Um, I have an in-house photographer, media person uh, that runs our field services as well. I've got four virtual assistants and office assistants. So we have, gosh, about nine people that are on- What's the
0: delineation between the four virtual assistants versus the three internal sales agents? What's the function of the VAs?
1: Um, I've worked with virtual assistants for hmm, almost 10 years now. And I've just found that when I have like a purely admin role that- um, that I need, that that's where I get the most effective, um, effective work. And mm-hmm. so they're and, working yeah. in
0: administrative roles as uh, list extensions to your listing coordinator, buyers coordinator, helping with back office functions, Mark,
1: marketing and, and transaction coordination. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: You, you had mentioned your photographer and mentioned the word social along with that. Are they running all of your social media campaigns as well?
1: Um, no, the the photographer works hand in hand with one of my virtual assistants who actually runs all who of that. Who runs
0: social. Okay, mm-hmm. this is what I love, Misty. So what I have found is there's three types of teams in call it brokerages as well. One is the community team or brokerage where you just get a bunch of rainmakers together and everyone – shares and overhead expenses, but nobody makes money off anybody else. And that's the least valuable and impossible to sell. The second is the Rainmaker team, which a lot of people listening, I'd say over 90% are Rainmaker, where if they stopped selling today, they'd be upside down. They have to sell to, to be able to make a net profit in the business, meaning their job is selling real estate. Rock stars, rainmakers are on stages. Rock stars are on stages. They can't make money by putting someone else on a stage for them. And that's a position I never wanted to have to be in. So the next step and what you've done an amazing job at is creating leverage. By going to what I call the CEO model, which was outlined 15 years ago by Gary Keller and MREA, which talks about how to step out of the business, but still be able to net over a million dollars a year by building the infrastructure. So you are very different. And I don't know if you know this about yourself, but compared to lots of top producing people, you're very different because you chose to step out and put other people in that place because you recognize that to grow. It couldn't just be the Misty show. You had to be willing to empower other people to be the best versions of themselves. So systematically, I know we talked about that being your superpower. Let's get into some of the back office systems that allow you to facilitate 400 plus sides with a group of less than 10 agents in the field. It's pretty fascinating. And then even the ability to be using virtual assistants. A lot of people have a struggle, especially in the admin side, using VAs and then callers on the ISA side. You have a lot going on. So you had mentioned earlier your (laughs) husband- who you've been with for 25 years, he's actually a partner of yours. He's doing your books as well.
1: Right. You've got it all
0: taken care of. It's fascinating. There's a lot of people listening to say, I want to be like Misty when I grow up. So (laughs) let's get into some of your systems, if that's okay, and share with our audience what systems you've been using that have worked really well for you. And you can take it in any order you want.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the thing that has really uh, been interesting for us the last couple of years, we have... Leverage Trello at a really high level and um, we use the free version. <laughs> mm-hmm. I use it for every side of the, the business. Um, you know, we started with our transaction management converting from using top producer, which we'd used for many years to Trello. Then we started oh. using it for our listings management. We use it for open house management. I use it for, um, every agent on my team has a business tracking board that I um, put our conversations for our coaching one-on-ones on. And then mm-hmm. they, we give them like a monthly update on their production, give them all their resources. We use it for managing our field services. We use it for uh, resource boards for our agents and for our ISAs. So uh, Trello has really like, every side of our business, we found that Trello uh, just really beautifully, like, is able to organize it.
0: So, for anyone that hasn't heard of Trello before, that's also the system we're using, and it seems Mm -hmm. to us to be the best solution out there right now. We used to be on Excel, and Excel is great for certain things, especially when it's a you're wanting to figure out numbers. Trello is amazing for keeping you organized in the same way, but making it way more simple, simplified by dragging and dropping into different categories, but then being able to create the templates required to take a transaction as an example from contract all the way to close and all the different functions and to be able to move it around. Um, In addition to that, what are you using to execute contracts?
1: Um, we use dot loop, um, for our, all of our document management.
0: Do you have the brokerage Uh, level dot loop product, like the dot loop for teams? Exactly. That's what we're using too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Perfect. So Um, people execute contracts in dot loop. Once it goes under contract, your admin, virtual admin, probably in most cases are then going to put it into Trello as an under contract or just listed. And then there's all the functions of how to take that through. So when people listen, they're like, how does someone do 400 sides or 800 sides or whatever the number is? It all is going to come back to systems. That's why we named our coaching company five years ago, Elite Real Estate Systems. We could have called it Elite Real Estate Leads, Elite Real Estate Conversion, Elite Real Estate Leverage. There's a million other names. But at the end of the day, what we saw as a pattern after visiting over 100 brick and mortar offices was that the systems, the foundation of every business was truly the thing that denoted if that company was leverageable, scalable, and successful. Versus the company that's constantly tripping on itself and can't see growth. It came down to the system. So Trello, and um, you're using Dot Loop, Dot Loop for Teams product, which is a little bit extra. I believe we spend five hundred dollars a month, something like that, on Dotloop for Teams.
1: What else? We use, Boom, we use Boomtown as our CRM. We, you know, it is. We have a very high accountability environment that our ISAs, you know, they set to do's for our outside sales. They have the expectation of they have to complete those, keep those up to date, and communicate uh, in order to continue having appointments set okay. for them. Um, you guys, but- I have
0: never talked to Misty before today. We knew of each other and had never spoken. I don't, yeah. I didn't know anything about her business, but we use Boomtown too, so we're going <laughs> to see how far we go here. You guys are doing a great job. I'm impressed. And there's obviously a lot of great CRMs out there. Um, I've heard a lot of great things about Sync as of late. <laughs> Um, real, you know, Real Geeks is a really good one. Jeff Manson's company, or I think he sold it, but I think he's still running the company. And a handful of others. It doesn't, I don't think, truly matter the company. Uh, Boomtown would love to have me say, which I do believe it's the best one. But you just having something, you know, to, to start with. It's
1: using I mean, it. because exactly. we. I mean, I had it for five years before we used it anywhere close to how we use it now.
0: Yeah. And I found Misty, a lot of people, when they think Boomtown or Sync or Real Geeks or whatever the case might be, they think about it as a vehicle to generate leads. And while it does help generate leads, it's more powerful in its ability to assist in lead conversion from any lead source, not just the internet leads that can funnel through Boomtown, but also the leads your agents are adding from their sphere and the leads your agents are adding from their outbound prospecting efforts. And then you mentioned, I want you to talk more about this, holding people accountable, both your internal sales agent team, I'm sure you're holding them accountable, but also your agents and making sure that those leads, if you're not familiar with Boomtown, you're taking them through a process as well, just like Trello, where it's try to get a hold of them, put them in an appropriate category, move them all the way to hot, which is meaning you're servicing them. And then of course, independent once they go under contract. So what is the function within your team systematically to holding not only your agents accountable, but also the internal sales agent team and the virtual agent team?
1: Well, there's a lot of different things that we do. Um, We are inside sales agents, um, their expectation is that when they, you know, they're owning that lead until um, they turn it over to an outside sales agent. But once they've done that, they have to follow up on making sure that it's still being nurtured and taking it back if it's something that's not an immediate prospect. So that Can we, let me pause one. you really
0: quick, just for anyone listening. So lots of people have tried using VAs and ISAs and for whatever reason, it doesn't end up working out. What's the right. pass off point for a lead? A lot of people are talking about lead scrubbing where today I still, I have about 30 agents. We're calling them now brokerage leads. They used to be called boomtown leads, but it's more than just mm-hmm. boomtown. So we call them brokerage leads. But um, we found that a lot of times if we had someone pass it off, then the person that gets passed off feels like they were passed off. And so I had just said, you know what, let's just, philosophically, let's just have the agent be responsible for lead conversion. So how are you handling the handoff um, so that the consumer doesn't feel like they're just getting passed around?
1: So they, the handoff happens when they're ready to physically meet.
0: Okay, in-person meeting, list mm-hmm. press, buy press, go look at a house. Exactly.
1: Okay. Exactly.
0: So everything else is done by an ISA team until they're ready to meet in person. And then you give it to the agent and say, hey, I've got a lead for you who actually wants to meet, not I have 50 internet leads and you need to go call them 10 times and send two emails.
1: Because I know that agents do not spend the time because they can't. I mean, especially as busy as our agents are, like my expectation isn't that they spend all their time doing that prospecting and follow up because they are physically out in the field with clients and so, so to,
0: yeah. and to have a navy seal team where you're going to have 8 agents you want them being on the highest income producing activity which obviously isn't lead conversion it's physically going out and having them put the deals under contract right. and so having somebody that sets the appointments now all your agent has to focus on is putting deals under contract we have a huge agent count and so for us personally it's our business that if they choose to take broker leads, we can hold them accountable to the functions required to convert broker leads the same way that like Zillow will hold you accountable or a relocation company is going to hold you accountable to a certain level of lead conversion by how many touch points you give them. But we found that the agent very quickly, because they have to pay a 50% referral fee, no longer want broker leads. They want to create their own leads because it's too much work.
1: Right.
0: So systematically what we found in our business with with having a, a bunch of agents is their first year, two-thirds of their business comes from brokerage leads, but we try to get them away from that to have a third from brokerage leads, a third from sphere, a third from prospecting. And then into their third year, they're two-thirds sphere, one third internet leads, one, you know, which splits with internet leads and prospecting. And then their fourth year, we try to help them build their own team and stop servicing buyers altogether. So systematically with that kind of building that expectation for you, where we go one year, one year, two year, three, and then into year four, we help them build a team. Are you guys doing anything like that for your eight agents? Is there a path for them to not have to be out in the field selling?
1: You know, it's interesting because I actually just in 2020, launched a, an updated career path for my agents. And for many, many years, I had it very delineated that we had home buying specialists and home selling specialists. And um, I found that while it works really great for the system side of things, it creates a situation where people get blinders on to um, potential business. And I didn't want anyone to feel limited by their role and how much real estate they could do. So created a path where you go from associate to specialist to senior specialist. and, um, And so our plan in 2020 is, to um, to start using showing agents which we've never done before but we have mm-hmm. newer agents that are coming on that um, you know that's the path that they're being um, shown as the training ground um, so I'm really excited about that and so um, so yeah I mean with that career path it just kind of outlines if people want mentorship opportunities or, or different things to be able to grow, having other agents and assistants underneath them, that they have that option.
0: I love it. I always say true leaders serve their followers by empowering them to become just like them. Because everybody's going to say, I want to be Misty when I grow up, right? So how can we help them become ourselves as for those listening and stay inside of our organization, not have to go join a different brokerage or go start their own brokerage. And that's exactly what you're looking at. That was our experience as well. So just two years ago, when we were Omaha's Elite Real Estate Group, we allowed our agents to start building teams within our team, because I was always the one saying, stop selling real estate, focus on building a business that systematically helps other agents sell real estate. And then one day, eventually, they don't have to sell real estate because they've built yeah. such a business that they can plug people in as well. You said something interesting. I don't hear people talk about this much. I want to go into this for a minute. You talked about how they start as associates and then specialists, and then I think there was another level after Senior that.
1: Specialist. Senior specialists. Yeah.
0: Senior specialists. How did you come up with those titles?
1: Um, just looking at different different, um, titles that I saw as
0: in different industries. Yeah.
1: And, and what would really describe that? And so we have it really clearly outlined, like it's once you've sold this many homes and had this much time on our team and, and, you know, there's different thresholds that you hit and, you know, we wanted that recognition of when people have had accomplishments under our team.
0: I love it. So I believe the future. So most brokerages and teams have trainings and the trainings don't get to like college courses are 101, 201, 301. What I see across the board with most traditional brokerages is they just have 101. So they have CMA training 101, list press 101. What's fascinating about delineating these different groups based on amount of unit sales, volume and or time in the business, which we are actually implementing this strategy starting in 2020 as well. Our delineation is 1 to 16 transactions, 17 to 32 transactions, and anyone that does more than 32 transactions. And then in that camp, there's two groups. Anyone that does more than 32, that's a solo. And anyone that does more than 32, that has a team. And I am going to create, we are going to create at KW Elite, which we just launched, I don't know if you know this, a Keller Williams brokerage in Omaha last month. So we're pretty new at this. We're going to create four different training curriculums with four different trainers. And each trainer of each group is going to also serve as their mentor, their accountability coach, and lead a mastermind every month with that group. And this is the biggest failure in my opinion. And I'd love to hear what you have to say on this. Um, From a brokerage standpoint, I feel like brokers do a good job maybe onboarding an agent, teaching them all the bare minimum, but do not do a very good job taking them to the next level. And it sounds like you guys have actually put some time and thought into that. So what would be some of the things you're doing to help people progress to that next level?
1: So um, I agree totally. I mean, I think there's such a lack of, of like there's the basics that are out there, but there's such a lack of like the actual, like how you grow in the business. Um, you know, I think we, we do a lot of, um, I think one of the most important things of being able to do that is the one-on-ones that I do with my agents right. that we really talk about what their goals are and how do you get there. Um, yep. and, and is that and weekly kind of, or
0: bi-monthly? Bi- how often do you do that? It's
1: bi-monthly and um you know, that's where we talk about, like, you know, we set short term goals, we look at, you know, where their stucks in their business that they need to, to overcome. But it's, you know, I think I've worked with a business coach over, oh, gosh, I mean, for about 12 years, um, mm-hmm. a couple different ones. And um, I think that that is, you know, having that other perspective, helping you think of things that you hadn't even thought of for yourself, you know, planting those seeds is one of the most important things that I can do as their mentor.
0: I love it. And I agree 100%. I've heard there's a quote that says, train everyone in your organization to leave you and treat everyone to never have to make that decision. Mm. So if they believe that by being part of your world, my world, Uh, wherever you, as you listen to this, choose to align with a brokerage or start your own. I need to make sure that my being part of my world is gonna help them live and lead the life of their dreams. And if they believe that they can achieve their dreams by being part of my world, they'll stay in it. When someone's not a good fit, people always ask us, how do you choose to fire someone? It's a very simple conversation. We just say, we don't feel like you being aligned with us is gonna help you achieve your dreams and we want what's best for you. We feel that you should probably get out of the real estate business or go join our competitor, (laughs) somebody that we don't like. But ultimately that's the conversation is, hey, you're not fitting and it's not just a fit because they're selling or not selling. If you go back to like the five dysfunctions of a team with Patrick Lencioni, you have Missy, not Misty, I don't know if you've read the book, uh, but she's this <laughs> yeah, amazing producer, but has a horrible attitude. So we try to align with people that want to achieve their dreams and treat everybody a great way and all of that sort of thing. So, well, And
1: I, I think when you have a highly accountable organization, um, it's painful for people that are not in cultural alignment to even do business with you. Yep. I mean, it, they, they choose to leave on their own um, if we haven't targeted it first because just, it. it doesn't fit.
0: You can't Everyone hide.
1: Knows.
0: Yeah, Sometimes the traditional the brokerage. Year. Yep. <laughs> You're the traditional brokerage lets people get away with anything and not right. sell anything. And that's why no one sells anything and is out of the business in the first two years. 19 out of 20 agents don't make it more than two years. Whose fault is that? I don't think it's the agent's fault. I mean, obviously, on extreme ownership, there were things that any individual agent could have done, like listening to this podcast and reading books and masterminding. But the broker has an onus upon themselves and us as leaders, as you guys listen to this, to make each and every person successful. Now, you can't force them to do the activities that a successful person does, but you can give them the tools and the systems and empower them to be the best version of themselves, just like leading a horse to water, but you can't make them drink.
1: Well, and I think that there, is, there are like 19 out of 20 agents getting out of the business within two years. Like there are so many people that get into this business that would have thrived under the right team environment. And I think that there, I truly think there is a huge like fallacy of all you need to think about as an agent is what the splits are that the broker gives you. Right. And there's so much focus on that and, um, it doesn't matter what your split is. If you're, if you can't generate business, 100% and... of zero. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: People um, try to win and that's always how it's been. There's agents out there that'll still take deals at a flat fee or a low, low commission split. It's the same exact conversation. The conversation yeah. needs to be about what's the value. What's the net going to be not what's the commission I charge and, or the split that What I kind
1: house. of ice is being created. And I think you can see that by the people that are there already too. And, yep. um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's one thing that we have so right right now is um, the, the people that are um, at my organization, they are a family, they all are aligned in what their goals are, they all yeah. have each other's back and will do anything to help yeah. each other's business.
0: In defense of the agent that looks for the best commission and the seller that looks for the lowest commission, the reason that I believe they do that is because they've been burned for so long from leaders who took advantage of them and didn't provide value, but still charged an aggressive split or an aggressive commission. And so for those out there listening that still haven't chosen to go to a brokerage or are at a brokerage where they're unhappy, it's okay to go somewhere and do a 50-50 split. You just need to make sure that the organization you're in, like Misty, these organization is going to help you become the best version of yourself. And at the end of the year with a company like hers, you're going to net more than the company you're at. That's offering you a 90 10 split or whatever the case might be. Right. Awesome. Well, I do want to invite any listeners today. If you have enjoyed this podcast episode or any past, please go out to iTunes um, and give us a five-star review and give a shout out to Misty for spending her time with us today. Also, we have some exciting events coming up at the end of March, the end of May and the middle of July We'll be hosting two team building workshops in March and May. And then our team building summit runs July 12th through July 14th. We have some amazing guest speakers. They're going to be coming. Misty, you only live about two hours away from Omaha. So we Mm -hmm. hope to see you here this summer as well. But we fill the room. I was sharing with Misty before we got on. We fill the room with top producing agents and brokerages. We want it to be a giant mastermind with the top producing people in the industry. Um, All of our speakers will be able to speak to systems just like Misty spoke to, where they've actually implemented ABC in their business and the results were XYZ. Everyone that speaks will know their numbers, they'll have the analytics, we'll have the lead conversion, Um, Percentages and really know what they're talking about. Um, We'll also have professionals like attorneys who can help with marketing service agreements and affiliated business arrangement disclosures that are going to be speaking. I have the CEO of CSU coming, Brian Charlesworth, who's going to talk about analytics, how to track your ROI, ROT, create gamification and leaderboards in the business, and a handful of other vendors that are going to be there. So to find out more information about any of our upcoming events, go to eliterealestatesystems.com. To learn more about the Team Building Summit, go to the Team Building summit.com. Misty, how do we follow you on Instagram or Facebook? What's the best way to get in touch with you? If someone has a referral, if an agent wants to join your team or someone just wants to pick your brain.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Facebook and Instagram, both exactly the same. So my personal is Misty fold and my, um, my business page is Misty fold team. So,
0: and that's M-I-S-T-Y. It's hard on the mic. It sounds like Missy. So Misty, (laughs) M-I-S-T-Y sold. And then just your Facebook's Misty sold as well. Awesome. And I don't say it often, but I would love everyone to follow me as well. If you haven't already on Instagram, mine's just at Jeff M. Cohn, at Jeff M. Cohn. So follow me on Instagram. We put out content every day as I'm sure Misty does as well. That will help you guys build your businesses. Um, to be the best versions that you can build to in your marketplace. So this has been an amazing episode, Misty. Thank you so much for coming on to Talking Systems. I know sometimes it's not the most sexy topic, but I will promise you, 2.8 million dollars GCI is sexy so I find that a lot of the top producing teams in the country um, they're doing the very simple things systematically over long periods of time to get the best results and so we invite our listeners to follow in your footsteps and use Boomtown and Trello and Dotloop and VAs and ISAs and you know you've got an amazing Navy SEAL team I think you guys have done a fascinating job. Thank you. Thank you again for being on.